0: Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Schauer. And And we are are Generally Generally American.
1: American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a Generally American perspective.
0: From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion and we hope that you'll stick around to see where
1: the conversation takes us. So let's dive in and we're live we finally are (laughs) and we needed to be because i just had to stop myself around three or four times from just uh jumping the gun on talking about podcast (laughs) topics a little early (laughs) i guess i'm rusty we we, we're recording this a day later and i guess that that's one day too much
0: yeah but but today's a special day but we'll get into that um here in a bit so as usual the weather here has been mm, pretty terrible um I was kind of joking with my wife saying that it's pretty similar to England, because, you know, England's, I I would say, infamous or famous for its terrible weather. And Germany's kind of the same way. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to spring whenever it'll come around. It's been pretty rainy and windy. There's nothing really to do. And every day I say I'm going to go out and go for a walk with my wife and my daughter. And every day we don't, (laughs) (laughs) because it's just so cold and wet. Uh... But yeah, but how about where you are?
1: Well, at least you have an excuse. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, for the last three or so weeks, we've been kind of having like a pseudo spring. Like it's been 40s to 60s a lot during the day. And I kept telling myself I need to go take a walk, and I only got around to it when it was actually cold. In the in the next few days, I think we we have some snow and some high 20s, uh, high, high of low 20s coming. So usually February is actually like... One of the harsher winter months here, so I'm expecting Ah, it.
0: Yeah, I wish we had snow. We had snow twice within like the past two or three months, and that was really about it. (laughs) It's just rain. Yeah, so that's the... Go on.
1: I was going to say, at least the contractors working on my place have put up more siding now, so I have more insulation for when it actually gets colder.
0: Uh, Do you have curtains now?
1: I have blinds. Oh, okay, God. blind. Because it's I mean. very cuz I I work, you know, I work at home and I have a window right next to me and they put the ladder up on it and nail siding there and it would be very uncomfortable if we had to make eye contact all day. <laughs> Which yeah. I actually don't know when it gets really cold cuz when it was, you know, below 0 they weren't working. I wonder what their temperature threshold is for working cuz it's going to be It's going to be cold.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not going to be cold here. But anyway, that's that's it for uh the bi-weekly bi-national weather report if you will uh but today's a special day uh we kind of touched on it um it has something to do with your favorite sport
1: yes and it wasn't intentional but it happened a time out that we're recording on super bowl sunday yes which i'm very excited
0: <laughs> my chiefs made it again
1: everybody hates us because we keep showing up
0: <laughs>
1: and yeah. boy did i
0: see it this year everybody hates us yeah, so so like everyone knows I'm not really like the biggest sports fan, so I'll kind of let you take the lead for the next couple of minutes. So so who's playing who cuz honestly I haven't paid attention at all. The only thing I've really seen is something about Taylor Swift going to or flying to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So that's about so it. So
1: it's it's the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Um they are playing at a neutral site, but the two conferences that comprise the league swap who is on paper the home team every year? Uh, we're the home team this year, so that just means we get the nicer practice facilities. Uh, because usually the host city has a professional team, so the home team just gets to use their facilities, and the away team gets to use like a uh, college facilities, which is what
0: we did last year. Oh, okay, I don't. I don't know if I caught that. So where are they playing? So where is it supposed to be? Oh,
1: they're playing in Vegas. Oh, they're playing in Vegas. Okay, I didn't know that. Are they it's playing, actually like, very the... exciting. So the like the stadium the... in Vegas is on yeah. the strip, or it's like right off the strip. You can oh. walk there. When you're in some of the hotels and casinos, there are signs like Allegiant Stadium this way, and you could just walk there.
0: It's pretty. It's pretty great. And they're probably gonna broadcast it to like that new. What do they call it? Like the Vegas Eye, like the new Vegas building they built, like the huge globe. Uh, I I, I don't think they'll let you see it for free. But they'll
1: they've been putting some stuff on there all week and uh the sphere it's
0: called the sphere oh the sphere okay thank you
1: and uh i don't i i know it's kind of uh it makes the news cycles every year but the cheapest tickets are like fourteen thousand
0: dollars live god that's a lot of money
1: <laughs> well what happened was they they used to be just like a couple thousand or something like that and then people scalp them for that much so mm. the league was like well if you're gonna pay that much pay us
0: I mean, I guess it's kind of fair, but not really. Um, I I don't know. I've never been to a live Super Bowl game. Have you? Oh God, no. <laughs> oh God, no. I, I don't think most people can even afford it. No, it's uh, it's
1: not for normal fans, and that's fine. We're we're doing the thing here. Where I'm gonna once we're done recording here, I'm gonna clean the house, get some Costco pizza ordered. Um, I have some uh, uh, Kansas City themed cocktail, a caribou lou. Look it up. It's it's in a song uh some some other snacks and we're just gonna have a good time watching the game
0: oh wow yeah and so is that free like to watch it on tv or do you have to have like a sports package or something
1: oh yeah the it's it's on regular tv they uh they want the the big money draw for them is, is the commercials the commercial spots are insanely expensive so they want as many eyeballs on those as possible
0: yeah the commercials are legendary uh it's not free here um believe it or not it's actually pretty popular in germany too the, the problem is it's like in the, it's in the middle of the night um and i mean i guess i kind of like football enough to like maybe watch it but not like, not at like three in the morning
1: <laughs> yeah well you're if you're what you're uh eight hours ahead if i remember so kickoff yeah. is gonna be at like
0: 30 minutes after midnight yeah so it's pretty late but you have a lot of diehard fans here in germany who will you know like take the day off stay up in the middle of the night and like watch the super bowl and it's not even like americans it's like germans um so it is kind of popular here in germany which honestly i was really surprised like when i first moved here people are like oh like you're from the u.s like hey let's talk about football and like what's your favorite team and like this is my favorite like quarterback and this and that and i was like no you're talking to the wrong person (laughs) like i'm not like that super into football you know at the at the risk of stereotyping
1: I could see how it'd be appealing to Germans it's very it's very team focused very coordination mm. oriented very discipline heavy I feel like those are qualities
0: the German people value Oh yeah definitely I mean it's still kind of niche here so I mean but you got enough people who like it to where you know that's on the news and they're like oh this team won and this team lost and this was like you know the whole play and this and that so uh, I'll read about it and lose tomorrow and that'll be enough for me and maybe I'll watch like <laughs> some some clips <laughs> on YouTube well there's uh, always something there's
1: always something weird that happens that like mm-hmm. makes the rounds at least one thing even if it's just a halftime show uh gaff but something will happen it always yeah. does yeah
0: I guess on a closing note unless you have something to add uh I have heard though that the Super Bowl has been getting well not the Super Bowl itself but like the event surrounding has been getting like a lot of like, criticism are flat because a lot of celebrities are flying in there on, like, private jets, and, uh, you know, like, that's bad for the environment, and they've been criticized for that. And I believe Taylor Swift is among them, who's flying down there. Isn't her boyfriend playing in? Yep, Travis okay. Kelsey. I okay. actually
1: heard that not only is she flying in, which, you know, I don't want to excuse any billionaires, because, you know. Is she th- a billionaire, though? Yeah, she is now. okay. Uh, it's not really safe for her to fly on a th- normal plane because her fans are insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or there's been there's just legitimately been lots of stalkers and death threats and blah, 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 blah with her. Uh, she has a backup plane following her, is something I read this morning. Now, I didn't verify that through a good source. It's just something I saw someone mention this morning when I was waking up. So, you know, grain of salt and all that, but... Mm. Yeah, a lot of, it is a week, it is is an event of excess. Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everyone can bet that we'll talk about it next Saturday or next Sunday, depending on when we record. I'll be uh... very
1: happy or very sad.
0: Yeah, um and you might be richer or poor depending on if you're going to bet or not.
1: <laughs> oh, I wish. We have to do it. Montana sports betting has to be done at in person at a kiosk and I don't have that kind of motivation.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my second question is is sport betting even allowed in Montana? Cuz I know in some states it's not, but yeah, I don't know which ones.
1: The the people who fought to make it lobbied hard enough so that they had total control over it. So, cuz that's politics.
0: Mm. Yeah. There you have it. So, uh I guess the Super Bowl Breeze special, if, if you will. So I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to win or not. Because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs is more or less from my neck of the woods. Because as everyone knows them from Missouri. And that's like right on the border. Um, we used to have the Rams, but they left. So that was kind of like my team growing up. Not my personal team. I didn't really care one way or another. But it was a team that everyone really talked about. Either it was the Rams or the Chiefs. Some people did both. But, you know. As time goes on. Anywho... Um, that's not actually the our topic for today. What is our topic?
1: Our uh, topic is IP, or intellectual property.
0: Yes, it sounds very boring, but actually I find it to be very interesting.
1: <laughs> it is super interesting, and whether you think about it or not, you're exposed to it all the time. Even if you're just watching um, a movie or a TV show, and there's a can of Coke, or a Pepsi or mm. a brand of candy bar like someone somewhere had to get that okayed.
0: Yeah. Um and it works really differently across like country lines, um country borders, especially if you compare like China to the US. Um the Chinese perspective on intellectual property is very different than the American perspective, and the German perspective is also completely different. Um and how well that's protected and how well that's not protected really varies. But we're not going to talk about like a thousand different countries. We're just going to focus more or less on, I guess, the U.S. <laughs> no, yeah, we'd be here for a while.
1: Um, and it's interesting because there's, it's a very gray area. There's lots of arguments that can be made. And it's, it's one of those things, especially in the age of the Internet, uh, for the last 50, I'd say it's really been like the last 15 years or so mm. where it's been a battle online. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but there were at least on the YouTube side of things, there were always uh, review channels who'd review music or movies, yeah. or TV shows. They would, they were always getting a copyright strike against them for uh, violations of copyright. And it falls under the fair use terms and it ended up being a whole thing for everyone. And it seems every few years uh, that kind of bumps again.
0: Mm, believe it or not, that happened to me. Uh, I, I don't want to say I tried to start a YouTube channel. Um, I posted, like, one or two videos just, just to have fun with it like everyone does. And I went to some website where it said, like, royalty-free music, like, royalty-free uh, images and whatnot. And I made a YouTube video, and then, lo and behold... I think like two or three days later, I had like a copyright strike and it was from some random, I don't know, uh, like Indian channel that claimed to own the copyrights to the, to the music that I had gotten from a website that had told me that it was copyright free or royalty free, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I was always really paranoid <laughs> about the podcast. Not that, that would, we would get a copyright strike, um, I think with podcasts, it's a little bit... I would like to believe we're on the safer side because it's less popular than, like, YouTube. But still, if you get big enough and they find you, then they'll strike you down.
1: <laughs> well, and we're not really playing any third-party media here. It's... For better or worse, it's just us. Yeah. But it, it's happened a lot, and... Because if I if I remember right, like... At the risk of possibly mixing copyright with trademark. The the purpose of a copyright is so that a consumer wouldn't confuse um, two products mm-hmm. and lose business to the original, which is something that's been stretched pretty far these days
0: yeah yeah definitely so so the whole reason why we're talking about this is because something that we touched on at the very end of the last episode which was pow world um so a game that you have played which i have not um but i've seen tons and tons of reviews about it and read a couple of articles and talked to you and other friends and the general consensus is, is that it's an for for lack of better terms like an entertaining game um but that, for me, is not the most entertaining or interesting aspect. Um, the question that everyone asks is, is it copyright infringement? Because it's colloquially been referred to as Pokemon with guns. Um, and, as everyone knows, Pokemon belongs to Nintendo. And if you know anything about Nintendo, they're um, terribly protective of their own intellectual property. Um do you remember the ads from? The, I know this is like way before when you were born and way before I was born, but do you remember some of like the Nintendo ads from the eighties? Like by seeing them, like uh, like reruns, and whatnot?
1: Oh, I think I think I've seen a few clips
0: of them, but nothing specific comes to mind. So this is obviously before our time because we were born in the nineties, but uh, back when Nintendo was really getting into video games, so like in the eighties. Um, they, I think they were like the biggest on the market in the U S. And so what happens is when something becomes super popular, super well-known, it becomes like generic. So you're, I'm pretty sure you're, you're familiar with, with like Q-tips, for example, like cotton swaps for like your ears. Yeah. But Q-tip is, um, it's like a brand, but because it's so generic, we kind of use it, you know, like tissue, for example, or like Kleenex, they're interchangeable. And So it becomes really, really generic. And what had happened was was in the 80s, because, like, the... People can feel free to correct me because I can't remember exactly, but, like, the Super Nintendo and, like, the Famicom and whatnot, um, because it was so popular, people just referred to any gaming console as a Nintendo, which, for me, sounds really odd um, to refer to, like, my, I don't know, like, my PlayStation as a Nintendo but Nintendo was synonymous, was synonymous with gaming console. So anything was a Nintendo. So like a Sega was a Nintendo. Uh, like just any like you know gaming console was a Nintendo. And uh, like why am i saying this because it's kind of long-winded. To make it really short is uh, Nintendo is super protective of, of their copyright law or their copyright stuff like their intellectual property, sorry. And they're really afraid of anything becoming generic because once it becomes generic, you can't really protect it anymore. And so whenever anything gets posted on YouTube or podcasts or music, like they strike it down right away. (laughs) And that's kind of what's happening like with power world at the moment.
1: Yeah. Well, no, not quite. They, they did officially launch an investigation, but they didn't, The fact that they didn't have the grounds to basically C and D them, cease and desist them, uh, right away means, I mean, it's just different. Like the idea is similar, but there's lots of, I I don't know. It's hard to describe to someone who hasn't played the game. It does not at all feel like you're playing Pokemon. Like it feels like you're playing a very different game with like a Pokemon ish paint Mm. job, um, and even then, like, it has its own quirks and and things. I, it's one of those, you have to play it and then it would, I think, feel pretty obvious that it's a separate product. Uh, the, the developers of the game have basically said that they're not particularly artistic people. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very roughly paraphrasing, but they're more interested in taking games they like and mashing them together to make a fun game. Like that was basically their goal, and there's the DNA of a lot of popular games in it, and it's honestly kind of a miracle that it's fun and not just a undisciplined mess of mechanics, but it works pretty well
0: yeah um you you can't really trademark or copyright the idea of using monsters in a fighting game because that that in of itself is super generic, so you have like what is it called like monster hunter, then you have Digimon. And you have Pokemon, um, and like a couple other games where, uh, I guess maybe like Beyblades. I don't know if you remember that. Okay, um, <laughs> <yeah>. Beyblades? <laughs> that's kind of old. Um, so like using monsters and fighting with them isn't particularly innovative. Um, then you have, I guess like maybe like Dragon Quest, but that's not like exactly the same as Pokemon, um. But still, I know that someone made a mod for the game, and they took that down, like, right away. Um, Yeah, and it wasn't just
1: that it was a mod
0: that added Pokemon
1: to the game. It was a paid mod.
0: Oh, it was a paid mod. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So it's actually interesting. uh, This has happened a few times. People will make fan games or, in this case, it wasn't a fan game as a mod, but people will make fan games for Nintendo properties. Mm Mm-hmm. And Nintendo will always come after them when they find out. But once something's on the internet, you know, it's on the internet forever.
0: Yeah. Pr- and pr-
1: these people always make the mistake... Not always, but a lot of the time people make the mistake of saying something. Like, oh, I'm halfway through developing this <laughs> this Pokemon game, or this Metroid game, or this Zelda game. And then Nintendo comes after them with the lawyers. Because once you've released it on the internet, they'll come after you with the lawyers anyway... You stop what you're doing, which at that point is distributing it. It's already been mm-hmm. distributed on the internet, so it'll keep propagating. Uh, God, they're so fast about it, too. Which is, again, another reason why I'm pretty sure Pal World is legit. Because if they, if they found any way they could have taken it down immediately, they would have.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, speaking of, like, fan games, I know that there's this uh, there's this one Pokemon game that someone was making... It was Um, like
1: Pokemon Nuclear or something. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was Pokemon Nuclear, where basically the world had been bombed by, like, a nuclear bomb, and all the Pokemon were like nuclear atomic creatures, if you will. And yeah, but you know, let your let your imagination kind of run with that. And the guy was super, you know, proud and excited that he had actually produced it. You know that he was finally done. And then I think like three days later, he got a cease and desist letter from Nintendo. So. I
1: bet it's still out there somewhere.
0: Yeah, probably. If he um, released it, it should be. Um, but yeah. So I mean, we're I'm not part of the modding community. I don't know if you are. Um, but I've gotten some copies. You know, I've bought some games off the internet where I thought that they were legit, and it was just like a bootleg, and someone had kind of changed the ROM file on it, which is always kind of funny. Oh <laughs> my but god, kind of annoying.
1: I've I've accidentally bought a uh, bo- a bootleg. Uh, Blu-ray before, or it was a DVD? So there is a um, there's a basketball anime, uh, Croco no Basuke that I really enjoy, and this was probably like five six years ago. So I would more ignorant than I am now, mm-hmm. and I and I had heard the movie basically caps off the whole series. It's like the the real ending, and I could it wasn't streaming at the time, or at least I didn't think it was. So I was looking for it, like, oh, I'll just buy it. And all the the Blu-rays are like $60, $70, something like yeah. that. Like, way more than I'm willing to pay. And I was just a cook back then, not making good money anyway. So it didn't really seem responsible. And then I found one that was like $20, $30. Bucks. I'm like, oh, that's reasonable. Like, I'll, I'll pay that. <laughs> and it came in, and it was like a super bootleg version. Mm-hmm. It was watchable, but the subtitles were so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> i remember watching it with a work friend and we were just when we realized what happened i mean we watched it but it was just so funny
0: yeah that's an it i want actually want to stick with that for a second so this is kind of going off on a tangent and we'll come back to it because i want to talk about something else but like bootlegs in general so i guess for those who don't know um like you know a bootleg is basically an illegal copy of something and i'm pretty sure that can be applied to any like any media so like uh video games movies uh tv shows series stuff like that um and basically it's the result of you know piracy and so then there's like the age-old question that i would like your opinion on it is is it okay to pirate something if you can't access it so a lot of people 100 percent. you think so yeah so if it's like so like uh, to give more context to that. So for example, if you want to, I don't know, watch your favorite I don't know, K-drama <laughs> whatever, and there's no way for you to legally stream or buy it, but you can get like uh, you know, a bootleg copy of it or pirate it or torrent it or whatever. Do you think that's permissible? All day. <laughs> well, I there mean, at
1: a- <laughs> It's, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of lost media. No, not at all. So the, the concept of lost media is, is basically just that. It's media that nobody has anymore. Nobody can find it. Nobody has a copy oh. of it. I think it's something like 85 or 90% of movies that are like 100 plus years old. Um, or, you know, around that time period, they're, they're lost media. Nobody has them anymore. And that's just, you know, that's art and culture lost to history. And music, a film these days is good with it, music is good with it, TV shows can be spotty, Mm -hmm. Uh, video games are notoriously horrible about it, because there's always a new hardware generation, and no backwards compatibility, and there's, you know, there's intellectual property rights that change hands so things can't be sold anymore, so, I mean, there are things... There's a game that released... It either released early this year or late last year that's already lost media. Oh, wow. And, and that was basically because the game was a scam and the whole company fell apart and they ran with the money. Uh, oh. <laughs> but it, it happens. There There is culturally significant uh, games that you just can't legally buy anymore. You can get them off the internet for free.
0: Yeah, that's what a lot of people say about, like, Nintendo video games, basically, because they're incredibly popular. And so people say, like, well, what's the harm? You know, it's like, you know, it's some Game Boy game from, like, 1994. Like, who cares? Um, but Nintendo cares. <laughs> so you can't... Technically, you can still buy it through their shop for, like, exorbitant prices. You know, like, madly expensive.
1: Yeah, like, they, they put a full release price on a game that's, like, 20 years old or more.
0: yeah. I think that's criminal. (laughs) I mean, they're well within the right to do so, but I think it's criminal and people like, well, you know, the video game's been out for like 40 years. You can't really buy it anymore. So who cares? Um, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Um, what I think is really interesting. So we talked about fair use and copyright. So I guess besides Nintendo, the biggest player in the room would be Disney. Um, so obviously everyone knows what I would like to hope so, that Nintendo is a Japanese company, um, whereas Disney is an American-based company. And they're also fiercely protective of their intellectual property. Um, They do not really allow for any wiggle room whatsoever um, with respect to any of their works, which I think to be very hypocritical because most of their... I would say most of their base is built upon, you know, stuff that's in the free domain. You know, stuff that's basically uh, like free for everyone. And they take that, repurpose it, and then they say it's mine. (laughs) And uh, I don't know how to square the two.
1: Yeah, I mean... Hypocrisy, for one. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, it's a very old company. the people who are, who've been making decisions mm. along the way has changed several times. Uh, it's tough and and you know they've Disney has been at the spearhead of expanding copyright law in the United States yes for, yeah. for a very long time. Mm-hmm. That leash is finally running out. Uh, Steamboat Willie's version yep. Steamboat Willie specific version of Mickey Mouse is now in the public domain and so people are doing stuff with that and then of course what was it like a year ago winnie the pooh entered public domain so there's like two or three i think there's like two or three bad winnie the pooh horror movies now uh superman i think is coming up in a few years oh i didn't know that i didn't know superman isn't that Uh. crazy to think uh just anybody can make a superman movie it, the problem it, is you don't own, you own, You can do Superman, uh, you know, all the cast of characters mm-hmm. are on a separate timer. So if you want to do like General Zod or Brainiac or something, they're, you know, I, I'm not a DC historian, but
0: they're probably at least a few years away. Uh, I said a, a couple seconds ago, I think I said freedom. I meant public domain. So basically where anyone can access it. Yeah, so that's the tricky part. Um, so Winnie the Pooh and uh, Steamboat Willie are now in like public domain, so people, so anyone can do anything they want with those characters. But there's a huge like asterisk on that, basically. So what you can't do is pretend like you're doing something in the name of the company. So you can't like create like a Steamboat Willie and try to convince people like, hey, this is being endorsed by Disney. Um, so you're not allowed to do that. And, um, I'm definitely not, I don't know if you are, but I'm definitely not a copyright lawyer. So I think you'd be very careful about that. Um, but when you had mentioned a couple seconds ago about Disney being, uh, like, um, at the forefront of like copyright law, can you expand them on that a little bit? So
1: I, I'm, I'm not an expert on the topic. <laughs> I had just known. So, you know, originally... Copyright was developed with a relatively narrow scope, and uh, Disney, you know, they they have all these iconic characters. They, I think, they successfully lobbied to get it expanded two or three times.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's my understanding too. Um, I think it was like, either the like, don't anyone quote any of us, but I think it was, um, at the end of the '90s, like the early two thousands, where they they did that. And they were successful. Um, and it was funny because it, it basically, basically worked, I think, with other companies to get these laws passed. And it was basically like the, the old adage of like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And the enemy being like, copyright law. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just got a whole bunch of companies to, to really kind of push these laws through. And... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe things enter the public domain seventy years after the creator's death. I believe mm, this is within the context of the U.S. I don't know how it is like in Germany or in other countries, but that's I think more or less. I think like the um, the the guideline, but you have to. But either way, you have to wait a really long time after the author dies um, to be able to use like that stuff uh for whatever you please but super interesting i didn't know it was tied to death it yeah it is so as long as the person is alive um you can't really do anything you know with their work Um, i guess
1: that that makes sense
0: but let me double check really quick but i'm pretty sure that it's uh that it's basically after you die um But it varies from country to country. So I know that in most countries, it's yeah. So it's either life or it's death, depending on the place. But um, usually, a couple decades have to pass after things have been like published. Um, but yeah, so I'm really interesting. Or I'm really interested in seeing what people are going to produce. Um, I think it's kind of funny that the things that most people produce was. Um, like, horror movies. Honestly, I thought they would have gone, like, the other di- direction and produced, like, pornography. <laughs> because that's basically well, the internet.
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's already there. I mean, I, I mean, think it's just the low-hanging fruit of taking something childish or that people have nostalgic memories of and twisting it. Like, it's it's one of the easiest horror tropes you could do.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think the the of the people was like uh what was it called blood and honey i think Yeah, which i'll i'll, I'll give you that it is kind of low hanging fruit um yeah so i found it so it so it is 70 years so it's life plus 70 years so it's like the life of the author plus 70 years what um, did it used to be i don't know um they changed it in 19 I think 1978, I don't have like all like the stats on what like uh, Disney and all the companies did, but it's uh, it's a really long time. So basically, I think within the context of the US, uh, the logic behind it is if you you basically give this person, so the creator, so much time to you know live off their their creation and to basically get credit for their work that after that, it has to go back to you know back to the people. Because that's kind of how innovation works, you know? So, like, Disney didn't really create... A lot of the stuff that they have, they didn't actually really create from whole cloth. They just kind of built upon fairy tales that already existed. Most of which were either from France, from the Scandinavian countries, or from Germany. You know, so most of the fairy tales that Disney has are are German in origin. And they didn't create that. And, like, those are, like, obviously in the public domain. Like, all the fairy tales. And so they created their version. That's the problem is is if you create like a new version, then it starts over. So that's why um, we said a couple minutes ago, it's only for the Steamboat Willie version. So Disney has probably like 30 versions of like Mickey Mouse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's actually kind of put an interesting thought in my head. So that means if I wanted to make my own Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse movie, and then I make it, and then I don't do anything with it for three years... And somebody makes a sequel to that movie, then that's copyright infringement.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a kind of tricky question. Um, I know that like a
1: direct sequel, no, nothing ambiguous about it.
0: I think if it's an original work, I think that's okay. So, like obviously, for example, like Tarzan is was I think it, I think it's like an English novel. I think it's originally from England, and so the book in of itself. You know, that's something different. But if you create, like, an original work based on that, then you can protect that. And so that's basically what Disney did and Disney does. So they protect their interpretation. Um, Now, I I don't know how that actually works in practice if you're not, like, a multi-billion company, billion-dollar company. But um, that's basically how they operate. And um, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to, like, all these interesting creations. I'm not really interested in horror, um, but, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe someone will create, like, a video game or something. That is much more interesting than, like, some cheap, like, I don't know, 1980s horror movie.
1: I think we'll have to give it a few years to see what really happens, because all these big names are coming up. Um, Like it would be really interesting to see what someone would do. Like, like we said, Superman's coming up, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think Batman's that far behind. Like, imagine if someone made a Batman game, but obviously <laughs> only Batman is available, so they have to basically write all new villains, all new supporting characters. That would be so weird and bizarre to see, and at that point you should probably do another character as your focus. But we'll probably start seeing stuff like that
0: yeah definitely um and this also applies to music as well so so we've been talking about like um you know just like cartoons and whatnot but this pretty much applies to anything um that has been copyrighted um and by extension this applies to like trademarks and like intellectual property and all that fun stuff which is notoriously difficult um and i think you know to a certain extent this conversation could also apply to patents although patents aren't necessarily like media in that sense but patents can expire so and that's like a completely different section um from like copyright law um so if your patent expires or if you don't have a patent well then anyone can you know create anything from what you've basically done i think a most a most recent case would be fidget spinners i don't know you remember those it's been a while I
1: do. I do. I remember they were a quick flash in the pan.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And so there, I think there was some lady who created the fidget spinners. Um, I don't know if the word create is really appropriate because it's not really that innovative. But anyway, uh, yeah, so she created it, and she didn't put a patent on it. And so what happened was is everyone stole it, <laughs> and they made money, and she made nothing. Um, so that's you know, one of the dangers behind letting the laws lapse or, like, not really protecting your assets. And it's really hard because none of these things are forever. So it's not like you can have a patent for, like, a thousand years or something. Like, if you don't renew it, uh, you know, you're kind of out of luck. Basically on that front.
1: Yeah. And one thing, you know, I want to talk about is... Mm-hmm how we respect intellectual properties or how people in general will, because it's very hit and miss mm. because there, and f- there are people who generally just don't pay for things.
0: Yeah. And it's not <laughs>
1: going to change. Like that's just who they are. Um, there is actually, uh, especially for, for like games, there is a pretty large piracy community And whenever a new game comes out, everyone kind of there are different groups that will work like oh we're gonna crack this game and you know get it released to everyone and we're gonna work on this one. It's like their hobby, and it's just fascinating to see. um, At at the risk of beating a dead horse, I don't know if you're (laughs) familiar with this. uh, Gabe Newell famously said this, I think, like over a decade ago at this point. Where basically piracy, you know, isn't a security issue or something like that. It's a service issue. You have to make paying for something more convenient than stealing it. Which is what we did for a long time. A lot of people used to pirate a lot of TV shows. Mm -hmm. And nobody wanted to pay for cable, blah, blah, blah. And then Netflix came out. And when Netflix streaming started, basically everything was on Netflix. Any popular movie or TV show... Plus some original series, and now it's kind of like cable again. You have to buy all these different packages, except this time the packages are different streaming services. So now people <laughs> pirate more, and and you know I I do it in uh, in my weekly anime group between you know the four or five of us, we have. Uh, we have Crunchyroll, High Dive, Funimation just stopped existing, but. Uh, Amazon Prime, Hulu. We have all these things and we still can't watch everything without pirating. Like at a certain point, like one person's not going to spend $150 on streaming services just to watch all the stuff they want to watch a month.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. So back when I wasn't, uh, I, I feel old now, but you know, back when I was in high school, like about, you know, 15 years ago, <laughs> but, um, We basically downloaded pretty much everything, you know, from, like, torrents and, like, LimeWire and all that. um, Pirated everything. If you go even back further, you know, to the early 2000s, then you're, you know, talking about Napster and all those, like, peer-to-peer networks. And I think it's a very interesting quote you brought up, which was it was so easy to just, quote-unquote, download or, like, steal a song. And people were like, well, what's the harm? And... I guess it really depends. (laughs) You wouldn't download a car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, And a lot of movies have these ads, uh, like you wouldn't download a car or you wouldn't steal a car or something. Um, uh, And so I guess the the ultimate question is, well, what's the harm? And people are losing out on money. And then it's a question of, well, do you really care? Um, And it's a catch-22, I would say. um, Because on the one hand... If you care about your favorite artist, then you should support them. And if you steal for them, then that'll work for a while. But if everyone does it, eventually they'll go bankrupt and you'll get no more like new stuff. That's kinda like the logic. Right. Um, But I also
1: feel like culturally we've all kind mm -hmm. of agreed Yeah. That there needs to be a meeting in the middle. Yeah, definitely. We we all agreed to pay for Netflix. I mean And let's be clear, Netflix if I remember right. Like, Netflix was never really profitable. It still isn't, or it's the closest to profitable. All these streaming services lose money. It's crazy. Uh, But we all agreed we are willing to pay Netflix monthly to watch things. And then when a couple more, some people are like, we're willing to pick and choose one or two more. Now that it's like 10 plus streaming services, a lot of people feel like, all right, well, this isn't a good deal anymore. I'm just going to go back to paying for nothing.
0: Yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, so a lot of people don't realize, but Netflix is in you know in the terms of in, of the internet, Netflix is a really old company. Netflix has been around since like ninety five or like ninety six. Um, so they're pretty old. Um, I used to use Netflix when you had to order DVDs. <laughs>
1: oh, that I was that was the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you had to order DVDs from Netflix, and they would send you, I think, like up to five, and you had to send them back, and. Um, You know they killed Blockbuster. That's that's been probably dead for like almost like twenty. There's still one more. There's still one left up in Alaska somewhere.
1: I I think no, I think that one closed. It's in Oregon.
0: Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't know that. I think so. Yeah, but so that that was pretty much the beginning of like I guess like the streaming services, if you will. And so then that evolved into like a digital form. And so there was this period where Netflix was pretty much like, you know, like the only kid on the block. Like they were pretty much the only ones really doing streaming, like services and doing it well. And then everyone found like, oh my God, like this is a terrific way to make money. And then everyone just started getting on, you know, you know, on the bandwagon. And now you have like 50 different services and you can't find anything anymore because it's so split up. Um for a while you could actually find really good stuff on netflix like all the star Wars movies were on there like the original ones the best ones <laughs> yeah well i remember if there was if there was something you wanted to watch like a movie like
1: yeah i haven't seen this movie in 10 years It's probably on netflix
0: yeah yeah, yeah. now it yeah. probably isn't <laughs> and uh i used to watch like movies from like the 50s and 60s from like france on netflix i mean they had everything in the beginning and yeah now it's now it's just pretty much slim pickings
1: I remember Um, the moment I realized how convenient it was. Uh, mm -hmm. Streaming was already on Netflix, but I didn't really understand to what degree. Um, It was some summer when I was a kid. I got really into the sci-fi original show Eureka. I don't know if you ever watch it, but it's it's basically a town in Oregon where they do... The whole town is basically dedicated to developing super secret science stuff for the government and wacky Mm -hmm. stuff happens. But... I remember I I would you know I would order the DVDs. I think we were on like a two DVD plan in our house. <laughs> uh, I'd watch them, send it back, and wait for more. And I remember one day I was waiting for the the final seasons to come in, and for some reason I was scrolling Netflix on my Wii. <laughs> <This was laughs> I a while remember ago. that. <laughs> this is a while ago, and it was there the new episodes. Like the I I pre, I got on the pre order list for the netflix dvd because they would like they could send it out the day the dvd released Mm -hmm. and it was available to stream that very day and i was like oh they put new stuff on here i didn't know that that's crazy
0: yeah yeah i think we
1: all got so spoiled
0: yeah i mean there was a period where everyone was fine with just paying for the streaming services and now that's not really an option anymore because you can't really find stuff or the artists complain that they're not making money um, I guess on a closing note, I, I, I watched an interview with Snoop Dogg and he was talking about how, and I, I haven't verified this or anything, but he said he had a couple million streams on Spotify and that was only like 20 grand, which, you know, isn't a lot in the context of everything. So it's really hard. Um, it's a cat and mouse thing. I think consumers are happy for a while and then they'll just move on. But at the end of the day, people don't really want to pay for anything. Um If they don't have to. And um, I think that's like the biggest thing. And, you know, like our favorite celebrities, they're already super rich. So who cares? Um, But I think it's the way a lot of people feel.
1: And it's hard to get people to pay for things they don't want to. Although I do wonder um, how. So I pay for YouTube premium, which also comes with YouTube music. Mm. I, I am curious how much of that. Goes to creators because I know when you when you pay for YouTube Premium, it basically a portion of Mm -hmm. your monthly payment goes to the creators you watch based on you know who you watched and when how much. I wonder how much of that gets passed on to the music, and I'm also now picturing a uh, musical hellscape where it's like other streaming services where like oh well, YouTube music has the first three Metallica albums. Um, oh yeah, Spotify has four and five. Nobody has number six. Um, that's in rights hell. And then you can get seven on Prime.
0: God, I so, hope we
1: never go that way.
0: Yeah, so I guess I'll finish the episode the way we started, which was with Taylor Swift. And <laughs> Taylor Swift was um, famously wrote an open letter to Apple saying that she would not put her uh, like catalog on Apple Music because Apple Music gave when it came back I think it came out in like 2017 2018 gave everyone like three months for free which basically meant that the artist received nothing for three months and she was like I'm not gonna work for free for three months and I don't know if the, I don't know if her music is on Apple I don't really listen to her to be honest but you know it just goes to show that people you know even if they're multi-billionaires they still want to get paid um, But yeah, so that was my final point. I don't know if you want to add anything before we hop out of here.
1: No, I think we have to
0: draw the line here. I'm going to keep talking. All right. So (laughs) it was a super interesting conversation. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Bye. Root for the Chiefs. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I will too. (laughs) Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little
1: welcome feedback comments and
0: constructive criticism
1: if you'd like to provide us with any please reach out to us at our discord or email address both of which will be listed in the description
0: thanks again for listening and until next time